Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed by audacious faith, inspiring hope, and extravagant love. Good morning, and God bless you. You know, as the time passed, I appreciate more and more one scripture that says all things work for good for those who love the Lord and are called, called according to his purposes. Though I'm sure when you go through some difficult times, you ask yourself, oh my goodness, why go through this? So I remember when uh, on, on 6th of February 2002, uh, <clears throat> they took me out from the, from the theater here, from the hospital, uh, I just began to feel the pain, and the pain was getting bigger and larger, and was everywhere. And uh, in this moment, inevitably, you ask a question, God, didn't you have some other way to heal me? Didn't you have some other way to, you know, to sort my problem? I used to have uh, a six and a half centimeter shorter leg, left side, and very deformed pelvis. And... uh, so God worked through the hands of Mr. Tulok and, uh, uh, you know, to achieve something. But I would say he achieved something even greater. It really has been worth uh, all the pain just to know you and to be together with you for all these 18 years. So may the Lord bless you and never, never, you know, question God too much about something, you know, have a trust. I know he allows us to be bitter, to shout, to scream, to cry, because pain, it's fine, but be sure that all things work for good for those who love the Lord. Amen. So, I'm sorry about this video that we we show, it looks like it's a little bit... uh, digressing from all this atmosphere about the carols, but uh, I felt it's important to say that because we do believe that uh, the Balkans uh, uh, that have been um, known in the world as a place of um, all this unrest and all the wars that have been starting and literally the the last two wars have been started today from there, from the Balkans. Um, And uh, we felt as a generation where we live now that one of our greatest reasons why we live exactly in this time and that place, it's because the Lord has called us to be a peacemakers. Uh, we have all grown with, um, with, uh, with this um, tension and hatred of the others, you know, uh, mentioning Albanian or Bulgarian or the Greek to, to uh, you know, those who live uh, in the Balkans very often have been causing unrest. And uh, so we found out that Satan is preparing every 13 years a new generation for a war. And uh, so we were ever, my, myself have been in a war in Yugoslavia. My parents were born in, in the war in Yugoslavia. My grandparents was, were soldiers in the, in the wars. My grand-grandparents have been in the wars. So it looks like it was a ongoing for more than 250 years, constantly erupting periodic wars. And uh, so 
we, we found as well that most of the politicians stay on power because they spread hatred and fear in their own people to keep them aside from the others on the other side of the border or those who have another name or just uh, the other na name of other nation. So God has been gracious. In this video that you saw it, uh, and this place where we, um, uh, we gathered for two and a half days, in this very insignificant hotel, God did amazing miracle. So he honored us so much that three months later, out of blue, the two prime ministers of Greece and Macedonia, exactly there on that place, came to sign and solve the dilemma of three, three decades fighting and political disputes, and uh, it looks like unreasonable and uh, unsolving problems. They solve them, and I do believe this is not coincidence. God has been opening a door for the politicians to follow when we have come together. So, uh, just, a, just a note, think about that. God has made us anew in Christ. He has made us to be a, a united, and there is no really greater authority on the face of this earth than when two or three gather in his name and agree on anything then God really does amazing miracles. And you will be amazed what he's going to do from your lives, you know. So now I go back to the text that we read, that my sister read it, about the manger. Pastor Jonathan asked me, uh, we started a carol uh, series on a topic, so I had to ask him what carol is, you know, so to be sure that I'm speaking right thing, you know. <laughs> so he, after he explaining me, then I say, okay, <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> and I, I'm going to use a story that uh, uh, I used to say to my kids. We have four children, uh, and uh, God really blessed us with that uh, in an amazing way. And since they were very, everyone was a baby, you know, from the moment when they began to understand, I was telling the story about the three trees. So it looks like a, a story for a kids, but believe me, has a great message. You know, uh, I would um, I would not say the story about all the, these three trees that uh, were planted, but I'll just say that at one time, like in all the stories, you know, it's a beginning and, uh, and development and a very nice uh, ending. And so one man plant decided to plant on his yard to plant a three trees and. Uh, as in allegory, you know, the trees began to dream about themselves, what they would like to be when one day grow up. So each one of them began to dream. And one of them say, I would love that one day when I grow up a big tree, that when the time will come to cut me off and, uh, you know, to, to, make, to make of me a, a king's bed to make of me a, a bed where, you know, I will be in the palace. I will, I will be uh, the, the bed of the king where the king will sleep. That is my dream. And the other three dreamed about, you know, when I, when I grow, I would like to be a tree that uh, when they, um, they will cut me off, you know, that they will make of me a wonderful ship, a boat, and uh, on me to travel one of the greatest uh, passengers on this, uh, this uh, in the history of the humankind. 
And the third three was dreaming about, about one day when you grow uh, to become the greatest tree, that anyone that will see this tree will remember the greatness of this tree. And uh, so as the time was passing by, the time, you know, the, as tree doesn't go that fast like this, it needs a lot of time, it needs a lot of uh, winds, a lot of rain, a lot of sun, and uh, years and years, and maybe sometimes even hundreds of years, and uh, finally, I will tell just the story about the first tree. Finally, the day had come where the tree that dreamed to be a king's back was cut off. It was cut off, and though it was not easy to be cut off from the roots, uh, but it was coming the moment when the dream will be fulfilled. And uh, so it said goodbye to its roots, and they took him somewhere. They, uh, you know, they make him into the planks, they make him to the boards, and so on, so on. And, uh, and was waiting, the tree was waiting and waiting when the moment will come where they'll make of him a nice bed, a king-sized bed, a bed for the king, and will place him, place him in the king's palace. But as the time was passing, it looks like, the, you know, the, so much time was passing, it looks like nothing was happening. The tree was somewhere stored for, for years and years, and uh, when dried up very well, you know, finally, one man came and began to make uh, a little planks out of it, you know, and uh, little stripes and, um, and this and that, and, and make something that didn't look like a bat. It makes something that was very, very strange. It, and the tree began to ask itself, is this the reason why I dreamed, why I grew up, why I, I, I spent so many years, so much rain on me, so much sun, so, so much windy, and so on and so on. And, and it looked like it was completely, completely wrong destiny. It was completely wrong achievement. And finally, this, this tree that was left from the tree realized that they made it something that's not a king-sized bed. It was very small and actually understood when they put him to a completely another place, not the palace, they took him to a place where people, the owners were keeping their goats, their sheep, their, you know, their, their cows, and they, they put him in, in a manger and the poor tree was crying. It was so broken. It was said, my life is, was wasted. It was for nothing. Was this the reason why I grew up? Was this the reason why, why I, I, I went through all these winds and times and seasons to become a creep? To become a creep and to be put in a manger. So the poor tree, it looks like its lie was completely messed and wrong. And the days were passing. It was getting smelly there. It was getting very uncomfortable there. So the only visitors that he had and anything that it served was to these cows or goats that were coming 
and uh, eating straw from, from uh, its uh, crib, you know. And uh, so it was going on and on. And then one night something, something very strange happened. One night, one night was not like any other night. Though it was night, the sky was so bright. And it looks like it was one star was, uh, you know, sh just coming above the, the, where the, the, the manger was. And uh, uh, it, the, the, all the animals that were there felt a little bit, you know, kind of excited, you know. And, uh, and as, as this night was developing, suddenly a very strange thing happened. The door of the manger opened and inside came a, a very anxious man and uh, and he 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 was he was crying his his wife that was so pregnant you know i was waiting any moment to deliver and uh, so they came with a donkey and they got inside and it looks like all the animals were just looking very strangely what's happening here you know and suddenly they heard they heard a cry of a baby and it looks like the, the end of the miracle doesn't were not ending and the, the mother of this baby just wrapped its baby in a coat you know and looked to find a place where to put the baby and it saw the crib and it just put the crib there uh, in the straw you know and uh, so the tree was wondering this never happened before. It never happened before. What's this? What, who is this baby? You know, and it, it looks like the, the night was getting even brighter and brighter. And as the amazement was still going on, and suddenly a new visitors came into the, into the manger, and they were all excited. Where is he? Where is he? And... Uh, the parents of this baby see who, who, where is he? The baby, the baby. We, we, we were shepherding our, our sheep and, and then angels appeared to us and told us in Bethlehem, today is born Jesus, the Lord, the Savior, the son of David. And it will be, we'll find him in a manger. And that's why we came. So suddenly, suddenly this this tree that was made a crib realized its dream has been fulfilled. Maybe not in a way that expected, but has been fulfilled in a way that never expected. And any time throughout the history for more than 2,000 years, when this season comes, we have the crib. We have the story about the manger. We have the story about this insignificant tree that has a, such a great privilege to receive the greatest king to be laid in its own wood. So, it's a nice story, yeah? I love it. Though I'm 50 years now, my kids and the eldest one is almost 23, the youngest is 12. But I'm still excited when I'm telling this story. And it's, it's, it's a great truth in it, you know. 
And uh, <coughs> I would say that probably, you know, when you think about your life, just remember this. God took a moment of eternity. Though he lives in eternity, he took a moment of eternity to think about you. We sang so much about the God love us so much. And that's absolute truth of this Bible. And he created us with this amazing love. And he, he took a moment of the history, this moment of eternity to think about where to make us, how to make us, and when to make us, and most importantly, why to make us. So you never forget about that when you think about your life, why I am here on this earth. So always remember that God never does something to be nothing. Like in the story of this tree, God never does something the end to be just for a burning wood, you know. He always makes something with this tree to have a purpose. He always makes something of our lives to be, to be something what he meant to be. And literally, he was waiting for the moment when to be born. He was rejoicing. I do believe as well, like when every child is born, it's a great joy in the heaven. Though I know it's not written there. When every sinner repents, it's a great joy in the heaven. But, you know, every child, every and every life that's born, it's been planned by God to be a tool for his time and for the place where we are living, you know. And unfortunately, one of the biggest problems with the human life is often we want to make the things how we expect them to be, you know. We want to, be, to make them things so fast to go, especially when we live in the years of where the things are moving so fast. You know, we travel with the trains that run more than 250 kilometers per hour, you know. We travel with a plane that go more than 1,000 kilometers per hour. So it looks like everything is moving that fast. And th that's true with the technology. But the amazing thing is the things with the developing of our character doesn't move that fast. You know, I, I'm a pastor by the grace of God. And uh, since I moved to this town of Kochani to plant a church some 25 years ago, we have seen amazing miracles God doing. We have seen people being healed from all kinds of diseases. We have seen uh, demons being, I mean, name all the names of that have written in the Bible of these demons that have been cast out. But you know, amazing thing that really stucks me is, uh, unfortunately, I have not seen that much change characters. I've seen God healing diseases like this, you know, the cancerous diseases, uh, you know, epileptic people, tachycardias, uh, much, you know, eyes move to this side and so God strengthened them straight away. Uh, we have seen literally miracles after miracles. But for me, one of the most difficult time is how to God to deal with our pride how to deal with our character, how to deal with, with, the, with the things that he wants to make us to really we look like him because we are created in the likeness and the image of God. 
So that's his greatest desire. And if you remember, uh, Apostle John wrote about Jesus in, uh, in chapter 20. He said, you know, Jesus did so many miracles. And if, if these were recorded, all of them, there would not have been enough books. But these, in chapter 7 miracles, were recorded in, in, um, in the Gospel of John. But these are recorded for you to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And by believing in him, to have eternal life. By believing, it doesn't mean I believe the ones that he is my savior. But believing means following him. But believing him means, you know, transforming, allowing the Holy Spirit and the scripture to work and to deal with your character. You know, we, we are all like, a, like a raw materials. And, and, and believe me, um, as I say, I'm a father of four children. I've seen that. This beautiful little, they, they're amazing, you know. But from, from the very early age, from the very first months, and maybe even from the very first days, they will try to, to wind you out about the, their smallest finger, you know. They will try to, to, to make, uh, to, you know, everything, the world to move around them, you know. And uh, so you will see especially this when, when the, the siblings are coming, you know. So I remember all, actually all of the, our kids uh, did the same thing, you know. Uh, when the next one will come, uh, so I remember Jovana, our older daughter, and she was so excited when the baby came, you know. And, uh, you know, oh, the baby's coming, the baby's coming, you know. And, and finally the baby came and suddenly happened, you know. She was not anymore the center of the world. <laughs> and then, then after two weeks, she said, uh, Mommy, Daddy, when are you taking this baby back to the hospital? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to deal with that. I remember when Martin, the eldest son, you know, when Philip was born, he used to say, Baby, I will put my finger in his eyes. <laughs> baby, I will put my fingers. <laughs> Uh, and you discover in this beautiful creature there is something that's not so beautiful. You discover there is a, something that it makes them ugly. It makes them, you know, to be to want to um, wound others, you know. And you have to work on disciplining them, cutting those edges, you know, that are moving these thorns that are coming through, you know. And, and it's the same, it's the same when we come to the church, when we come, you know, to our Lord and Savior. You know, so often people say, God does not look on how I look outside. He looks on my heart. That's absolutely true. But so often how we look inside, it shows how we look outside or reverse vice. How we look outside, it shows what we are really inside. So we cannot hide those things. And uh, one, of the, one of the major things that uh, I found as a pastor and as a Christian is um, it's very difficult to be humble. It's very difficult to be humble. We all want to do other things in our own way. And I would like to read you just a scripture of 1 Peter chapter 5 from verse 
fire and it says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. It was not just the tree about the story from the story that was humbled to be put in the manger and to be made a crib. The baby, the greatest baby that was born on this face of this earth in the history of the humankind, the greatest king that was born, he was humbled to be born in such a place. You know, a few months later or maybe a few years later, when these magis, with this wise man from the east, moved to come to look, to find the newborn king of the Jews, they went straight away to Jerusalem because that's where you go to find the king. That's where you go to find, you know, in the, in the, in the royal palace. But the king was not there. This newborn king was not there. He was born in a manger. He was wrapped in a clothes. He was put in a crib. What a savior. What a lord. You know, so often we speak about it's difficult to reach the world. When I became a believer, this is 29 years ago, I believed and I, and I was really believed and I, I thought that we can change the world very soon because of the excitement and the faith and the experience that was going on in my life. And uh, very soon, of course, uh, facing the world, you realize that these things are not going that easy. And so often we find the excuse that people does not want to, they are not interested in the gospel. They are not interested to hear about God. They are not interested, they, they don't want to bother with religion. You might ask yourself, why is that? We might find all kinds of reasons. Of course, there is a atheism, there is a superficial, there are all kinds of reasons why the people reject the gospel. And that's that matter. But I, in these 29 years of my Christian life, I realized something that's one of our major problem, a major problem in the churches, and that's what's called pride. You just think about how many people, since you remember, have been a Christians, they rose up like a stars, like this up, and then suddenly, pew, falling down. Why? Because somewhere in the way through, they forgot, they forgot that one of the main reasons that God is using them, because somewhere they started very humbly. They started very humbly. But on the way, we become very important. In the way we think we are very important in the world where we live. And because we feel we are very important, yes, we are very important, but not for, our, not for ourselves, 
but for the world where we have been placed to be. I remember that almost on every stage of my life, as I've been growing in my, in my age and in my spiritual life, every time when, uh, when the, 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 you know, I felt the Lord is raising me up a little bit higher, the first thing that will come, it will be a pride. You know, you begin to look in yourself a little bit differently. And I remember 2006, we had a, uh, an uh, Australian evangelist, um, Steve Ryder. And uh, I first time met this man. And somehow, I was put to, to translate him. So for about eight days, I was literally day and night together with him. And uh, God did amazing things. I never, I mean, though I have seen God does the miracles, but I haven't seen them being done in such a great scale in a thousand people, literally. So the last days of this um, uh, crusade that was going in two different towns, um, we have seen in a, the biggest hall in one of the towns, probably more than 5,000 people have come and uh, they were all praying. And I've seen God does a mighty, mighty miracles through the hands of this, this apostle, this, this real great servant of God. And for me, just being next to him, because obviously I have to translate, you know, for all the people who are coming for a prayer and uh, to translate him. And just being next to him, somehow this mantle of importance was on me as well, you know. And uh, suddenly, suddenly I became very important. You know, my telephone, I don't know how the people were getting to, to find out my telephone, was literally ringing all the time. And I can tell you, people vary. Uh, all kinds of different people, from the top ones to the lowest one, they are constantly calling. And suddenly, uh, suddenly, a great offers even were given. Can you just give me a five minute with this man that he will pray for my child? Or can you give me just a five minute that he will pray for my father or for me, you know? Uh, I'm very rich, I can give you so much money and so on. I said, listen man, it doesn't work that way, you know? And uh, uh, so it, it, it came to the moment where I realized that, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Vincent, do you see how easy it is for I to come and to do uh, so many miracles. But are you ready to accept this? Can you cope with this? And I was fearful and I said, Lord, I'm afraid the pride will kill me, will destroy me. I'm not ready for this, please take it. And take as much time as possible to work on me, to shape me, to humble me, to broken me. You know, I want to stay humble all my life. And, uh, you know, if you remember, anything that God did, something that was lasting, it took a long time. Moses was shaped and worked 80 years to be used for a 40 years. I know, as I read the scripture here, it says... Uh, so often we react, we are impatient because 
we feel our time has come. We feel we have a right to say that. We feel a injustice has been done to us. We feel we will leave because we have been not treated well. And so we make the judgments and we make the, those steps that so often I feel we try to, to, to be open before the time comes. You know, when the spring comes, a lot of flowers begin to, you know, to bloom and to, be, uh, to blossom. Have you tried to open, to help the flower to be open before the time? If you try to open the flower to open before the time, you will kill it. And that so often happens with so many of our lives, of so many these planned tools that God planned and were expecting our life to achieve what was planned to be. So many times, because we try to, to justify ourselves, to say that we were right, because we were not patient, we did not humble ourselves, because we did not clothe ourselves with humility, we have come to the moment of pride and God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble all the way through this Lord that was born in the manger he lived a humble life all the way through he showed what true Lord is and what God is he's a servant God was incarnated in Christ and he showed to the human history what God is. And if you want to be what God wants us to be, that's a history and destiny for each one of you, of us. We're all the time moving forward and we're all the time facing a challenges. And I do believe as we grow in our lives, and maybe in our ministry and in our families, uh, we all the time must to bear this. You know, the, the world does not care how much we know. The world cares how much we love and we love with humbleness. That's the, one of them, I would say probably one of the greatest lessons from this story of the manger. The Lord and the king of this world came to be born in a manger. The Lord and the king and the savior of this world was humbled like no other human being. And because he was humbled in a dead way, God in the right time raised him up more than anyone else. So listen to this. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in a due time. That he may exalt you in a due time. Be patient. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for everything for you. Don't try to bring your justice. Don't try to make you that you are, you've been right and so on. It's my time. Wait for his time. He always exalts in the right time. So may the Lord bless you.
and keep you and make your blessing in the time you've been born to live. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, we want to thank you for the honesty that you have left in this Bible because you have pre presented your kings. You presented your heroes in a very humble way and a very honest way. You've given a lesson that who want to be really great, you must to be, first of all, a servant of all. So thank you. Thank you for this message from the manger. Thank you for sending your son, not in a king's palace, but in a manger. This gives us a hope to each one of us who are not that noble, who have not been born in some great places, who come from some pits, who come from the broken families, who come from destroyed lives. You give us a hope that if we follow your path and your example, you will exalt us in the right time. You will make our lives to fulfill the destiny for what they have been born. So, Father, thank you that we are wonderfully and perfectly created for your glory, that we can achieve that. And there is no greater purpose than to live that you will be in our lives as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, Father, I bless your church here. I bless the pastor and his family. I bless the elders. I bless everyone, every one of your children here. Make them a blessing for Stockton and wider and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more, please visit us at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk.